Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two-day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is uh, episode number 286. We're creeping up on that 300, sweetie. I know. What are we going to do? Have a party. Great. Um... Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. Who doesn't want to feel outstanding? Um, always remember our motto, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Or I came up with a new motto. Uh-oh. Monkey see, monkey do parenting. <laughs> if we ever have to change the title of our podcast, it's going to be called Monkey See, Monkey Do Parenting. I'm getting ready for my breakout session at Zen Gets Real Conference. And I don't know, somehow I came across the idea of... It's not about what we say to our kids. It's what we do. Right. And they will learn more by looking than listening. That I agree with. I don't think I would like monkey to change see, monkey do. the name to monkey see, monkey, monkey see, do. monkey do. I know you like it, but I'm... James Baldwin quote. I shared this with you last week. Okay. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. That's very true. I think it's really powerful. Forget about what you say. Just... Live the life that you want your kids to live. Well, that's where all the language comes from. The talk is cheap. And, you know, you can tell your kids a lot of things, but if you're not doing it, if you're not living it, the the I think the thing I do the most for effect when I'm presenting or speaking is I say all the things you ask your kids to do, are you doing it? And the parents always laugh and look around and laugh. And then we have to recognize our hypocrisy, not so then we become perfect to raise perfect kids, but so we begin to embrace our humanity and all of our flaws and all of our challenges and all of our good parts. And then we show those parts, we talk about those parts, and we allow our kids to have the same parts. And have a better understanding of our children when they do screw up or exactly. when they don't try their best or when they make a bad, mis- you know, make a mistake of judgment, whatever. Right. Just there's and and again, I think the reason we don't do that is we are afraid and we think if we just talk, 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 that somehow our kids are going to then, you know, because you know what parents will say a lot when their children make a poor choice is I told them not to do that. Or I, you know, I talked to them about that two years ago or, you know, I have no idea why. And and I think sometimes we can if we really analyze what's going on with our children, meaning analyze is the wrong word. If we really know them well and we're curious about them and we're asking questions and we are, you know, aware of their own fluctuations and insecurities, things make sense. It You're like, oh, I understand why they made that choice. It still may not be a good choice, but you understand where their mind was at a certain time. And that's what self-awareness is. If we are aware of why we make our choices – it's a lot easier to help our kids understand their own self-awareness. You said talk, talk, talk just like three minutes ago. Uh-huh. Was there like a Melissa Manchester song back in like the late 70s, early 80s and said talk, 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 it was, talk? You should hear how she talks about you. you. You should hear what she, she said. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's something like that. Was it Melissa Manchester? Maybe. That could be good. What's the name of the song? You should hear how she talks about you. I'm pulling it up. Wow, that's an old school. And then at one point, like in the middle, it does that. It goes talk, <laughs> talk. <laughs> Here it goes. Me. 
I it's, figured if the if the show's going to go off the rails, let's have it go off the rails in the first two minutes. Um, well, let me say this about that song. I think we might be the only podcast in history has ever played it. Has ever played it. So just, I think it's from Solid Gold. I think what I'm playing on YouTube is from Solid Gold. Well, everybody was on Solid Gold. That was our. I wasn't. Well, what I mean is all the people who could sing. See, now that's a 70s, oh, 1982. That's an 80s song that doesn't bother me. I mean, of course it's not a good song, but it doesn't give me the heebs. The reason it doesn't give you the heebs, I'm analyzing this for a second, is because you have some kind of emotional history with it. You probably heard it and enjoyed it when yeah, you were a kid. Yeah, maybe my parents were getting along that day. Yes, <laughs> and here's the thing. That's what I mean about all 80s music for me. So when you're hearing it for the first time, of course it's not good. But when I hear that song, it reminds me of being, gosh, that was 82, so we were probably in fourth grade, fifth grade, whatever. And it reminds us of going to school or being on the way to T-ball or something. And so that's why we like it. So the reason I like Here I Go Again by Whitesnake is because it reminds me of that I thought my life was so tough and that I was completely on my own and alone, not because it's (laughs) the best song ever written. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I I hear you. I hear you. All right. So... um, Movie quotes. Oh, boy. We did a show with author Charlie Donnelly, and we're giving the... um, Oh, by the way, what we're going to talk about on today's show (laughs) is uh, we're going to talk about the four different levels of relationships. I have level... I have three. Oh, there's a fourth, sweetie. Oh, boy. There's a fourth level, and if you're nice, maybe I'll tell you about it. Oh, good. I want to know. But first, the movie quotes. So uh, author Charlie Donnelly, we did the show a few weeks ago, and we did nine different movie lines. Mm -hmm. And we asked the listeners to write in to comments at zenparentingradio.com, and they might win a free hardcover copy of Charlie's book. And a lot of people wrote in. I was impressed. And it only goes to the top five. So without further ado, I'm not going to give the email addresses out, but... Amber got all nine correctly. Nice, Amber. So she gets it. You got to get some clapping going. I'll get clapping going. Good job, Amber. Kim got eight. Good job, Kim. Shannon also got eight. Nice, Shannon. My buddy Edward got seven. Nice, Edward. And finally, Scott, our fifth place finisher, got six. Nice. So, and then there was a bunch that had five or less. So they got. They are going to get. I'm. I have to eat. So I'm going to email each of these people and get their address so I can send it to the publisher, and the publisher is going to send it directly to them. Perfect. So congratulations to the winners of that little contest we did. Um, another contest I wanted to do is. Uh, we are going to give away one free registration to the Zen Gets Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Full conference registration. Right. Less Shafali's Breakout. So it's, yeah, well, Shafali's Breakout's been sold out for a long time, so you can't go to that. But she's doing a keynote on Saturday, so you're still going to be able to see her. So this so. is what I'm, we haven't even talked about this, but I'm going to have, if you write a review on iTunes and then you email me the same review so we know who did what. Okay. Um, we will do a drawing of somebody who did it between now and, let's say, a week or so. Let's do a little longer than that. Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. So today is 9 plus 14, so the 25th of February. Okay. We will do this on the 25th of February show, and we'll draw the names out of a hat of uh, iTunes reviews. Now, you said names. Is it more than one person who's winning? Uh, no, just one. Okay, so just name. Just one name. And just so everybody knows, that's a $250 value. That's right. So I would say if the only reason you're not signing up for the conference is because of money, right. then do this. Yes. And um, so anyways, that's the deal. So we did the movie quotes. We did the uh, – so if you do it – Give us the review on iTunes and then email me the same review so I know it was you and then we'll enter you into the drawing. All right? Um, And then our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. I need to get over there. My lower back is bothering me a little bit. I was there twice It's like a muscle thing, though. It's not a backbone thing. It's all the same, You think she could help? Yes. So Dr. Kelly is chirotree.com. Her number is 630-941-8733. Have her adjust you and your family like she does me and my family. So thank you for that. Um, and then one other thing before we get into the guts what? of the show, I think it's important to acknowledge that you do something, you do many things extraordinarily well as a parent. Thank you. But there's one thing that you do, and I don't think you give yourself enough credit for, uh, and you do it uh, five days a week. What? Um, you take the girls to school. Mm-hmm. And our school morning, I remember when I was a little kid, school mornings were brutal. I, my brother would literally look at my sister, and my sister would get mad, and then there would be a big fight. <laughs> 
because my sister would say, Mom, John's looking at me right. again. As and if John your would, mom could do something. And John would look at her in a way that would say, are you really wearing that with his eyes? Right. And that would be enough to set her off. Yeah. So we have a pretty peaceful thing because we are Zen parents, if nothing else. Mm, but we attempt one thing, to be. But one thing that you do is we get in the car about 745, or you do, and you just get in the car. Yeah. Why do you get in the car when your kids aren't ready to go to school? Well, we've talked about this before. Talk about it again. It's worth repeating. Well, so I'm aware of what time I need to be in the car to get my kids on time to school. And we are really not that far away from the school, but we're far enough in the winter that we drive. Yeah. And the, when it's nice out, we walk. But um, so I know what time I need to leave and the girls know and we talk about it all the time. And I suggest things they can do at night, like, you know, have their backpack ready. We have their lunch ready. Like we... Basically, the bottom line is, is we do our part to make sure they get to school on time. And what I can't stand doing, what causes problems, and I've learned from experience, is when I'm telling them to hurry up or when I'm helping them get on their shoes or when I'm helping them find something they should have found the night before and I'm participating in or enabling that kind of behavior. Mm. And because my kids are old enough now to handle those things by themselves, I just go get in the car. And then I say, I'll be in the car. And when you get in, we'll go. So it is their responsibility. Like this morning, um, we had to get out Cameron a little bit earlier. Cameron was taking her sweet little time. Which is interesting because she's the one we're leaving early for because she has patrol. Yeah. Um, and so because she has patrol, everybody has to be out a little earlier. And so I got in the car five minutes earlier than I usually do. And if she is late... That has nothing to do with me, yeah. and she had, and she wasn't. We yeah. got there on time; it wasn't a problem. But it, if she is, then it can't be, Mom. You need to do this, Mom. You need to do that. It is get yourself out the door. Right? She is the one who will have they to figure that out. Have the ability to get that. Now, what made it easy this morning is that Cameron was the one that was most late. Because we have to show up for her first because her patrol begins. If it was one of the other two, then all of a sudden, hey, you're making your sister late. Yes, and we've had that. And that can become more challenging. That's the thing is there's never any perfection in these kind of things. What we're always trying to do is just practice new ways of inspiring people to do their part to be there on time. So let's say that you're in the car. And you're waiting there patiently uh-huh. and they're taking their sweet time and it's getting late. Do you sit there in Zen meditation during no. that time? What do you well, do? Well, usually someone kind of comes out with me. So right. there's usually someone in the car. there's one thing that you do in the car. Um, I honk. You lightly beep. <laughs> yeah, I just go, me, 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 yeah. me, yeah. me, me. <laughs> and that is, the, so the thing is, so when they get in the car, let's say they're four minutes uh-huh. late, which is an eternity in the mornings. Do you like scream at him no, and yell at him? What no, do you say? I, it has nothing to do with me. Right. I'm really not that annoyed because, and again, we've had mornings where there's been other challenges. I'm not saying, gosh, I'm so zen every single day. That's not the case. But majority of the time, You're whenever like, they, yeah, let's you go. You say, I'm getting in the car, everybody. All you right. make your announcement. And so, then when they get in the car, they're fine. So if you're a parent of, you know, middle schoolers or elementary school kids, I mean, high school, you know, hopefully, well, maybe you probably have to deal with Well, sometimes you have to drive them, yeah. Um, try that. Say, hey, listen, just so you guys know, I'll be in the car. <laughs> it really is Now, lovely. I think a lot of parents are going to be like, they'll never get in the car. But see, that's the thing is we have to eventually kind of, what were you going to say? You just got to, if they're going to be late, deal with the discomfort of them being late that first that day. That first time. Or those yeah. first two days. Yeah. Or that we, like, it's not going to go the way you want it to go. But my reminder is let them suffer the embarrassment of walking into See, school late. That language won't work with people because what It'll you're giving them, me. I know, and it does with you, but that that sounds negative. What I would say is let go and trust that whatever's going to happen, they can handle. And not only can they handle, but they'll learn from it. How about let go and let them suffer? No, I don't, I don't, I have no desire to have my children suffer. Nobody does. What it is, is I, when I say it's got nothing to do with me, you guys, I really, it, it if you are not on time for your your post, I'm going to do everything I can to get you there on time for your post. But if you're not there because of choices you made, then it only makes sense then if someone has to talk to you or you get – they don't have a demerit system. But if they had something like that, you need to experience that and I am not going to cause it to happen mm-hmm. and I am not going to helicopter and keep it from happening. Yeah. But I am going to do my part so you can succeed if you show up. Yes. Um, how do I say that a better way? I will do everything I can do to enable you to succeed. But there comes a point where it's yours. 
and I can't if I'm like putting on your shoes and and getting your you know doing everything for you, then there is absolutely nothing I'm doing to really help you except get you through that uncomfortable moment. So my choice of words was probably not the best, but basically what you're saying is let them. Uh, deal with whatever consequences happen to come their way as a result of them being let late. Let them choose their lives. Let them, di- you know, let them in that because that's a really good practice. Of it's not like you're letting them go free in the world. You're saying I'm going to do my part. You get to experience this middle ground right. where you decide how you're going to show up. One of the things that I know I mentioned on a show probably three years ago was. Um, Michelle Obama inspired me when she and um, Brock first got into office. I go by first name basis. Yeah, well, <laughs> Michelle they're your Brock. buds. Um, but the you know Michelle Obama inspired me because I remember she said you know when we get to the White House, my girls will be making their own bed, and they're not going to have we're not going to have people do those things for them. They need to do that. They need to get themselves up on time, and all and. Even though I know that and I've heard other people say that, there was something that was very – it's not just about I'm going to teach my kids a lesson. Sometimes we go after our kids and we're like, I'm going to teach you. That's not it. It's about I'm going to allow you to do this on your own, mm-hmm. not because I'm punishing you and not because my parents made me do it. But if you do this, yeah. this is the best thing that's going to ever happen to you. Like, you know, the girls now getting up with their own <clears> alarm. <throat> so if I'm not there for whatever reason, they can get up in the morning without me. Yeah. And that is we empowerment. Don't, we don't set alarms for anybody. For me, I do. Right. But for our kids, No, right? No, I don't. I do go Skyler, in there. Yeah. Skylar is... Our youngest, we have we wake up. She's eight. And sometimes she comes into but our But the bed. other two clowns, no problem. Yeah. Well, they've learned how to do it. They're older. They've had By practice. us letting them yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so one quick thing. One of our sponsors of the Zen Gets Real Conference, sweetie, yes, yes. is a company called Five Junes. I know. And I don't think we've talked about them. And one of the things of somebody being a sponsor is we'll give them a shout out on a podcast up to that. So uh, Judy Ransford, she's, yes. she's our, our person, our friend, our contact. And can you describe what Five Junes is? Well, it's a... I got um, a little information here too. Okay. So. Well, it's a clothes company um, for tween girls and the reason she do you know why she calls it five junes uh because there's five years nine it's between nine and 13 9 10 11 yes. 12 13 exactly five years of your daughter's life exactly so it's just this really beautiful uh, she just has this vision that girls in that who are in that age group who are often you know they're often demonized by people like oh they're the toughest or whatever it's actually a really beautiful time for them can i read it yeah please we believe these five years are an awesome time in a girl's life yeah girls this age are fun optimistic and care deeply about their friends and family we believe that these five years should be full of sunshine, laughter, and ease, a lot like the month of June. Isn't that gorgeous? I mean, that alone, I'm so proud to be partnered with Judy. Yes. Um, and her clothes, we actually did a uh, a presentation or a talk about six months ago, and Judy brought her five June's clothes, yeah. you know, the clothes that, that they had made. And um, they are so awesome. So much so that I kept saying, do you have larger sizes? There was one jacket that I loved and I just, it was an extra small. I couldn't make it work. And all the stuff gets made ethically in Chicago, Illinois. Yes. So, so it's sustainable. It's yeah. ethical. It's, uh, people are getting paid fairly. So if you are gumming to the conference, uh, you will see. Did you say gumming? Yeah. If you're gumming for the conference. What does that mean? It was a choice. Mi- it was a mistake, sweetie. I make them. Sorry. Oh, okay. If you're coming to the conference. I thought like it was a new word. No. Gumming is not a new word. Uh, you'll be able to buy some of her stuff if you have any uh, nieces, daughters, cousins, whatever, between those years. But uh, if not, go to 5 Yeah. So um, let's get into the guts of the show. Okay. So levels. So Todd um, Todd talks to me a lot about Tony Robbins. I'm a coach. He's a coach. And I'm a life he's coach. in he's in the learning phase of this and, and the co- coaching and, the and learning and the practice. Okay. Um, but he listens to a lot of videos and everything and he always comes home and tells me things that he thinks are interesting and honestly i think they're just as interesting as you do i love i don't know sweetie i think that it's hard to be i love this curriculum i adore it okay i will say that i am i just want to win i know you do you love it more yes i'm second thank you okay i gotta note that Right. Okay, so I, but let me say this. When you come home and say, I want to tell you something, I'm interested. Yeah, right, for sure. I'm not like, oh boy, I got to listen to Todd's thing, even though I make fun of him because he and Tony. 
I, you know, you want to like hang out with him a lot. What if we were um, best friends? I feel like Ed Gremley, because didn't he like Pat Sajak? Yes, he liked Pat Sajak. So I kind of feel like I'm Ed Gremley and Tony Robbins Tony is Robbins Pat Sajak. Is, yes, very much so. So we're going to have to set up a meeting at some point. Yes. So, um, Todd, one of the things he had mentioned to me was about these relationship levels, because Tony talks a lot about um, relationship and about how we get along with our partner and how, you know, accountability on both sides. And so would you like to start? I mean, I can jump in, but because it's your teaching. Can I start with a quick clip? Sure. Pat Sajak, like I suppose you could do better than that, no way. Because it seems to me that he would be a pretty decent guy, I must say. What if we became best friends? Best friends in the world, so I would just like phone his house up and say, Is Pat there? Just tell him it's me. Oh, that, that really makes sense now that I think of it. Like, I suppose Pat Sajak doesn't have like over a million friends, probably. But then again, maybe he doesn't. It's difficult to say. Sweetie, that's me. That is you. And you know what? I think Tony has a million friends. So but... let me jump in. You want me to jump in? Go ahead. So level one. So this is about relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be with your spouse. could be with your child. But in this context, let's talk about it with our spouse. It's just okay. easier to think that way. Partner. Partner. Mm-hmm. There's level, four levels of relationship. We'll spend the majority of our time talking about the first three. But level one is kind of the bottom. That's the one that you don't want to be in. And the basic, the way I describe level one relationship, it's all about me. What's in it for me? It's very self-centered. Think of like a two-year-old. What a two-year-old is like, they don't have the ability to give anything. And the relationship is based on just what they get. Now, my question to the listeners and to you are, do you know any grownups that act like two-year-olds? Well, for sure. And you know what? I wouldn't even say two-year-old, Todd, because I was thinking about like relationships when we're um, in high school or maybe in our early 20s where we're not really having any desire to commit to somebody. Mm-hmm. There is a, a sense of, I'm going to be in a relationship because what can I get out of this? Oh, yep. you know, this guy always has tickets to the Cubs game. Right. This guy is wealthy or this guy is friends with people I want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and sometimes, and I'm saying very shallow things purposefully right. because a lot of times there's that desire of I'm not I wouldn't even call it a relationship as much as I'm just going to spend time with this person so I can get my needs met right so uh, that's level one yeah it's very and and to your point I think what you're trying to say is do you know any adults who do this yeah there are people who married the person that they were just trying to get things from well and I will also say that um, you're not um, always living in a certain level like there's times when I'm probably at a level one with you but my center of gravity kind of like my default mode is usually in the level two or three so this is the same kind of thing when we talk about that it's a practice is that there are times when we do all of these things but where are you spending most of your time yes okay exactly that makes sense so a level two is um there's a lot of different terms that tony uses but it's like horse trading it's a transactional relationship okay i'll do something for you you do something for me and it's important to know that this isn't necessarily a bad level to be in many marriages are quite successful at the level two relationship Mm -hmm. um but the idea is do you just want to be well, I'll do this for you, then you'll give this to me. The, the idea of, for me, the idea of a spiritual partnership is to have passion and love and and really, you know, on all gears, not just, not what's in it for... The like, same. how am I going to get back? And, the, and I see this a lot with people. Um, I talk to women a lot about their relationships, um, and I see this a lot with women who they tend to be resentful of their partner um, or they have a grudge because they will say things like, I did A, B, C, and D, or I always do, you know, EFG, mm. and he doesn't even notice that I do those things. Yep. Therefore, I am not getting back what I'm putting in. Right. And so in their mindset, I'm, and again, to your point, this isn't always a bad place, but this is an essential uh, level of communication right. because as I have learned through my experiences with my own husband here, is sometimes I'm putting in A, B, and C, and he doesn't even know how much effort it takes to put in A, B, and C. He doesn't even realize that I'm sacrificing to do A, B, and C. And I need to be able to vocalize and communicate that these things, not complain and say, oh, I'm so, you know, it's not about complaining. It's about making sure he understands. Like one of the most important times um, that this needs to be vocalized is when 
if you are a stay-at-home parent, and this can be mom or dad because a lot of dads are staying home now, sometimes the working parent views the stay-at-home parent as having a little more of a cush situation. Mm. Oh, you went to the museum today? Yeah. Oh, you went on play dates today? Oh, you took our son to lunch? Oh, you walked around the park? Oh, well, you know, I had to do this, 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 and this. And so there's not an equal distribution like you think that it's not – uh, or that you know the stay-at-home parent is actually having quote-unquote fun. Yeah. And what I had to explain to Todd a lot of the time is that even though that was me, the majority of the time, you know, going on play dates, doing that kind of thing, there could be a, an immense amount of loneliness in it, a lot of boredom, um, a lot of repetition, um, a lot of physical and emotional demand right. that is difficult to understand unless you're doing it. Right. And that needs to be communicated because what. This 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 level two is where a lot of people get stuck in those early stages. I think level two is where most marriages are. I do too. Um, so, like I said, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. There, there, you know, there's some very rational. Like, yeah, of course, we're going to divide the responsibilities. Right. Right. Um, but the idea, and I'll lead into level three if you're okay with that. Uh, sure, because we can go back and forth. Yeah, we'll yeah, go back go and ahead. forth. The level three relationship is when instead of me doing something so then Kathy will do something back for me. The level three is when Kathy's needs are my needs. And I basically remove my own needs in that moment because it's all about what can I do to please my wife? What can I do to fill her emotional bank account without worrying about if I'm ever going to get anything back? It's, it's where you give for the sake of giving without even having it on the radar that you may or may not get anything back. It's like you don't even think about it because... At, my whole mission is to keep you happy and love you and everything else. And it's not an easy place to live. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I think it's very elusive, but the fact that we're outlining these different levels, it gives us a goal and it gives us a way to measure ourselves. Like if you come home and you do something that's not so nice, ask yourself, is this a level one behavior? Is this a level two behavior? Is this a level three behavior? Because that's kind of the way I would check up on myself is like, really, what am I trying to win this argument? Or would I rather listen and validate and hear what it is that you have to say instead of me telling you why you're wrong? Well, and here's the most important thing to understand is that the the first statement that Todd said, I think is the most powerful, which is my needs become his needs or his needs become my needs. The merging is not where we become one. Mm -hmm. And there is no separation, because we all know that that's not healthy. It's that the love is the most important thing, which means if I am really struggling, then my needs in that moment become what need to be addressed yeah. rather than, well, last time I was struggling, you weren't there for me. Therefore, I'm not going to show up for you. Right. It becomes like a tit for tat where it's like, you don't do that for me, so I'm not going to do that for you, which inevitably is going to you know completely drive wedges between you because you're just waiting for someone to show up for you, right. but that you're not showing up for them. So it's like, who's going to go first? And so I think the important part of the level three is it's not about then not caring about yourself or practicing self-care or not being self-aware. It's about that you do those things so then you can make the other person's needs your needs. Right. And within that, there is obviously negotiation and just... Um, fairness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing I think that is most difficult is I think when we want to jump into this level three and practice this is we're very fearful that if I do this, the other person is going to manip manipulate me. That by definition, if you're even thinking that, you're still in a level two. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. I do. But this is what people will say to me. I, I can tell you guys that the there are certain statements that are so ingrained in my brain because I've been hearing them for 20 years yeah. from, the, from people over and over again. If I do that, what you say, he will take advantage of it. He mm -hmm. won't care. He'll be lazy. He'll do less. Um, he won't understand. He won't reciprocate. You know, it's yep. I hear the same thing and there's this fear. It's the same thing to go back to me going and getting in the car mm -hmm. without my kids and yeah. saying, show up. The fear is if I go get in the car, they won't show up. They won't be on time. They'll do it every Trust. day. It, it, we are afraid to take that initial leap because we don't want to be disappointed or hurt. Or we'll take the leap for a day or a week or even three weeks and you say, well, this isn't working. It didn't work. Yeah. And you have to completely invest everything you can. And I'm not saying this is easy. This is hard. We we have times when we're just, you know, emotionally depleted and we don't have that thing to give. But if you can discipline yourself to to display this behavior of level three, which is Kathy's needs 
are my needs. In this moment, my whole goal is to make her give her everything she wants in that moment, which may be doing the dishes, which may be just hugging you, time, which right. may be mm-hmm. um, holding your hand and coming home after a day's work and looking at you in the eyes and have presence mm-hmm. for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I think that many couples don't do that. I know there's plenty of days where we don't do that. We like, we're star-crossed mm-hmm. lovers. We're like, like passing each other in the kitchen. Yeah. Right. So if you can do it and sustain it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, if you're six months down the road and your partner is still being an SOB, then you might have some issues, but you're not going to find out until you do that. And again, it's not for, this is what I've been trying to, um, help my girls understand when they're arguing with each other. Being kind to each other is not always for the other person. Right. It's for you because it, point. it feels like, you know, well, I don't want to give, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. But don't we know that being of service or being loving or being kind is a gift to ourselves? And, you know, when I say that, many of you may roll your eyes and go, I hear that all the time, but then I get taken advantage of. Well, you also have to have boundaries. It's not about giving yourself away. It's about understanding that when you are going to choose to be kind or to listen or to show up, not only does that person get the effects of that, but you get the internal effects of that. You feel better because in the morning, if you're yelling at your children to get in the car, maybe that's effective, probably not, but maybe they get in the car. But then how do you feel when you drop them off? You feel like crap. And when you're doing the win-win thing where you're holding a grudge or being resentful or gossiping to all your friends about how your partner does nothing or doesn't show up or whatever, you don't feel good. You, you're the one caring. You're harming yourself. You're carrying the heaviness of that. So this is a self-care practice, Todd. Yeah. You know, it, it just is we have to kind of You have to take it another step. It. Or, yeah, take a step back and really look at it. Yeah. Do you want to know what the level four yeah, is? I don't know what level four is. No, no guesses? Let me think. Okay, so first level one is what can I get? Level two is like a trade-off, win-win. You know, you get something, I get something. Level three is what can I give? Level four, no, tell me. Think Nelson Mandela. Forgiveness? It's loving somebody who's harming you. Oh, yes, you told me about this. I forgot. And not many people can do this. And it shouldn't even necessarily be a goal. Nelson Mandela is a man who showed that he you can truly love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this isn't a story about Jesus or Buddha thousands of years ago. This is a guy who was alive not too long ago. Right. And he talk about somebody who had an excuse to hate somebody, to hate yeah. a class of people, yeah. to hate a group of people with a certain color of their skin. And what did he do? He loved them anyways. Mm-hmm. And well, and the Holocaust survivors, you know, like, you know, Elie Wiesel or um, Viktor Frankl, yeah. uh, you know, that whole idea of you have to maintain that love for all people. So in reference to like spousal relationships, like maybe there's somebody listening out here who was abused physically, emotionally, verbally from their uh, ex-husband or wife mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you find it in your heart to love them even though they deliberately harmed you? I'm not saying that's something I can do on a moment's notice, but I know that it exists. And if you, you know, you got to see it to be it. Well, and again, let me take it a step deeper. Todd said X for a reason, because if somebody is physically harming you or emotionally harming you, you're not supposed to be there in that. What he's trying to say is that you loving them, and it really is an act of forgiveness, Mm. um, is... If you choose resentment or grudge holding or anger, then again, you're drinking your own poison. You're poisoning yourself because of the way you feel about this person. What Nelson Mandela learned to do is he found his power by loving everybody so he didn't have to carry around the negativity of hating everybody. He, again, it's a self-care act. It's not a selfish act. It's actually a very selfless act. But simultaneously, again, this is the crazy paradox and how it doesn't even – is that you actually feed yourself – by loving those who are harmful. Well, and let's take it, let's be a little bit more simplistic. Okay. It's not about, you know, a partner who abuses you. What about the guy who cuts, cuts you off in the middle of the road? Right. Like, it's so easy to say, how dare he, and get mad. 
can you send that guy love or that girl love just for kicks, just to see how you feel about it? And especially, Todd, this just happened this morning. This is perfect. And it's so funny. It was when I was dropping the girls off. So it goes back. So I, you guys probably have a similar situation where you have to pull up, you know, in front of your school and drop your kids off. And then you have to kind of get out of there pretty quickly because there's a lot of cars coming. Um, and I was sitting at, uh, you know, I dropped off um, – uh, my two girls and I had to drop JC off at school still. So JC and I were waiting there at the crosswalk and there were some kids that were about to cross and the person was holding up the stop sign and then she put the sign down but the kids weren't done crossing yet and the person behind me started to honk at me. Uh-oh. Like hurry up, hurry up and there's still kids crossing the road. So my initial reaction is my my initial response which I think is typical is oh my gosh, there are kids crossing, relax and number two, It's so rude to honk and blah, blah, blah. So that's my initial response. But the practice is then having – JC and I kind of had a laugh about it. Like, whoa, where's that person going this morning? They must be in a hurry. And then taking it to the next level of they obviously have somewhere they need to be. Because it's not typical to honk at someone and and want them to cross when there's kids there. My point is, is that's compassion building where you're like, gosh, why are they in such a hurry today? I wonder what they have to do. Mm. Maybe there's someone in the hospital. Maybe they just got a call that their other kid needs to be picked up from preschool because they're sick. And you start to build that. If you practice that, then you don't carry it around with you. This is water. Exactly. And you know you know what I remember? Uh, one of my articles in my book um, – it's in my it's in my most recent book, I think. It might be in my second one too. But it's about when things like that that you experience, maybe driving to school in the morning or Can you- I play a clip from my front my best one of my favorite movies, Mr. Mom and the Carpool Lane? You can, but can I finish this? Finish this and then I'm gonna play. And then hold your hand up. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You did you did you didn't cut me off. Okay, good. I just mean that's our that's our plan. So is that when things like that really bug you and you feel like really overwhelmed by those things, maybe it's you and your kids in the car, do what ducks do and you shake it off. You literally shake that energy off and you say to yourself and your kids in the car, "Woo, that was a lot. So I'm going to shake this energy off. That's something that Eckhart Tolle taught us in, yes, did. in A New Earth. Eckhart. Eckhart. So go ahead and play your thing. Guess what? We're running out of time. But Dad, you're doing it wrong. Mommy doesn't do it like this. We're going to do it with the Jack Butler method. What is this? This is nuts. <laughs> Why are they all honking? Because you're doing it wrong. Tell me I'm doing it wrong. I know how to do this. <laughs> Hi, Jack. I'm a nat. Hi. You was doing it wrong, sweetie. I'm laughing because you say that all the time to me. Do I? You I say, don't tell me I'm doing it wrong. I, I know, know how, how to, to do, do this. this. <laughs> yeah, it's for Mr. Mom. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts? Because I want to get to a listener's question. Uh, no, that's it. I, I think those are just good so, levels to have an awareness. Right. And ask yourself a question of what is um, w- what level of behavior, for lack of a better term, are you using in a moment when you catch yourself? Like, is this level one, level two, level three? Or, or even, level four. Or even level four. And to Todd's point, you you kind of move in and out of all of them. And it, it's but a But where's your center of gravity? A good right. gut check is, do you live... I, I think I live in, quite honestly, level two with some, hopefully, a lot of moments in three. Yeah. that's. I would say that's I think fair. that's a very honest Me too. assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I go in level one very often. No. Every now and again. I, do, I don't... What do you think? No, where I are you? Where are you? I, well, I think I'm similar. Yeah. I think there are times that I'm definitely comparing, like, well, I did this, this, and this, and what have you, you done? I think you live in three more than I do, sweetie. But three, you know what? And this is why I'm saying this to everybody is I, three is easier for me. Two is exhausting. Yeah. Three feels great. Yeah. Three was the step, you know, for those of you who listen to this show a lot, was the step I took the day I decided to say thank you for taking out the garbage. That was my step into level three. And I was like, man, Because it came on the back, uh, on the heels of me not noticing... 95% 95% of the things that you were doing right. to make the household run. And I was like, this is exhausting to try and prove it. So I'm just going to do, I'm going to treat Todd the way I want to be treated. And then it all kind of, and so that's the thing is I'm, I'm just like you. There's times I'm in level two and I'm counting, but level three is a lot less exhausting. 
Yeah. And if nothing else, yeah, why do it for that reason? Right. Be less exhausted. Live in level three. Because then we're both, it, it just feels better. Yeah. And we're, we're getting along better and the kids are seeing good things. And, and the only know. way it'll work is if you fill your own tank. Huh? That's right. Um, we are doing a special show. We are replaying an interview that we did with John O'Sullivan this Friday. Oh, good. And here's a little clip. John O'Sullivan is one of the guys that's going to be speaking at our Zen Gets Real conference, which is on March 11th and 12th. And this is just a little quick uh, clip from John. Can I say this before, Todd? John is one of the people, first of all, we love him and, you know, we had him on the show and he's a friend of ours. Um, But we wanted to bring him in, especially for those of you, for moms and dads who are really interested in sports, who like take a really particular, uh, you know, deep interest in your children's sporting life, um, or those of you who are coaches or plan to be coaches. Um, John is an expert when it comes to youth sports. And we really thought he would be, I know a lot of moms are are interested in sports too, so I'm not trying to be too general here, but we knew a lot of dads would appreciate hearing John's message. So here you go. Yeah, their children did. And there's a lot of parents that will point the finger at that example, say, see, that's what you need to do. What do you, what's your response to that? And for every Tiger Woods or Andre Agassi or whatever, there's tens of thousands, probably millions of kids who didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the saddest things to see in sports is you turn on the Olympics and there's this amazing athlete on the podium getting a medal and there is mom crying in the stands like, oh, and her dad's not here because he's got a restraining order against him. (laughs) You know, that's, I mean, what sports outcome could be worth losing your relationship with your child Mm. and, and a far more productive path and a far more light path that's more likely to produce high-performing athletes is ones where you are their supporter and that you're supporting their goals and you're helping them achieve their goals, not not chasing your own goals your through own your dreams. kids. Yeah. Well, and I love- there we go. There's our buddy John. Yeah, he's good. So that'll be up on Friday's show. You ready for the listener's question, sweetie? Sure. It's a little long, but important. Are you going to read the whole thing or are you well, going to summarize? Well, I already shortened it up, okay. but I'm going to read most of it. Okay. This is a single mom of a nine-year-old girl. Okay. You with me so far? Yeah. She visits her dad in another country every school break. My daughter is the only girl cousin and has older and younger boy cousins. Recently, when she returns from her breaks, she has asked me about things like kissing and what is okay and what is not. Hmm. I fear she is being exposed to certain situations which only get worse as the years go by. Her father is very inflexible and due to his lack of cooperation, he's refused to come visit her in the country. We divorced when she was still a baby, it's almost as if I'm forcing a father-daughter relationship, which would have not otherwise happened if I did not insist. I'm the one that pays her tickets. He is not consistent with financial assistance. I make all the arrangements and insist on asking him to make appropriate time for her when she is visiting. While there, my daughter is regular bounce from grandmother as a result of her lack of time on her dad's behalf. So in other words, when she goes there, she's with grandma. She's getting bounced around. Mm-hmm. He does not take any day off for them to go out on a long weekend or anything that would allow for greater bonding. Needless to say, I still insist for the sake of my daughter growing up a stable and secure little girl. My concern is on avoiding the guilt on my behalf if I impede their relationship. But at the same time, I don't feel secure and confident that my daughter is being taken care of and appropriately looked after while bonding with her father. The latter, I am each year more doubtful that is even happening at all. It's clear that he that she is no longer her dad's world. Whenever I try to speak to the dad on any of the above issues, he quickly brings the victim and blame rhetoric, expressing that he gets to see her only a few months in the year and that I was the one who chose to leave the country, etc. I escaped an emotional and verbal abusive marriage that despite divorcing did not stop. I had to leave the country to have my peace, and I do, with the exception of when she goes to visit him. I find myself always traveling back when my daughter is visiting to avoid any further disappointments. Thoughts? Well, that's a pretty heavy one. It is. And and I say that because I don't think there's anything simple that I could say. Like, as you were reading it, there was all these other people I was thinking that need to be involved. Um, this is not one that I can say, hey, do this. What I will say is there's a few things that were, that were a little bit... Uh, they weren't necessarily contradictory, but you were saying you create this time. You're the one who carves out this time for her to go see her dad that her dad doesn't ask for it or necessarily desire it. But you carve it out. You pay for it. But then um, you said because you want to make sure she has that relationship to keep her stable. Mm-hmm. Yet while she's there, she may be have a lot of instability. Yeah. So the only reason I'm 
I'm asking that is because is your daughter the one who's saying she wants to go be there or are you doing this because you think you should or are you doing this because it's a legal mandate? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to by law. Um, I'm asking all these questions because sometimes we just need to stop and look and say, why am I doing any of this rather than how do I fix this within within the constraints that I've created? Like, are there any other options? Can... And and again, I think you said he doesn't come to where you are, and so he would never see her. Um, but can you help him be more in charge? How do I want to say this? Can you ask him what his desires are to how much he wants to see your daughter? And even though it, you know, let's go on the worst case scenario that he's like, I don't need to see her at all, mm-hmm. which would be heartbreaking. Yeah. It, then this whole issue of her instability while she's there is a non-issue. And while I'm completely with you in that I think a child should have a relationship with both their parents, sometimes it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even when it's that's what we want, that doesn't exist. Go ahead. Well, not even that. Um, It may not. Well, first of all, um, one disclaimer, Um, there's always uh, two sides to every story. And we're getting one side. Mm -hmm. But let's just assume that... Uh, this listener, thank you for writing in, by the way, is 100% right, and the dad is just kind of a flake. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a flake to me, but that's one side of the Correct. discussion. It seems like this mom is doing a lot of work to keep this relationship going between her daughter and her ex-husband when she shouldn't be doing any of that. This is a man who has a daughter, and I, once again, am going to call out the man and say, you make sure this relationship is important because right now it seems like this woman is the only one that thinks this is important. Well, and that was my point altogether is I'm saying, why are you doing the things you're doing right. and do you need to do them? And 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 maybe you do because that's yeah, why- maybe illegal, maybe- th- There's right. some people that need to be in this scenario. Number one, a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, number two, possibly a counselor for you and your daughter mm-hmm. because of what she's experiencing. You can't ask your husband to do that or mm-hmm. you could ask him, but right. that's going to be his decision. But there needs to be some, some therapeutic intervention here because- neither case scenario is perfect meaning if if she continues to go even if you know the dad's like yeah I want her here and he ends up starting to pay for her ticket and etc if she is experiencing those kind of things there that's not safe yeah. and maybe grandma needs to be more involved or be present or you know it's very that that was one of the things I thought of too is what is your relationship with grandma because that's someone that could maybe be an advocate and then the other case scenario is if he's like I don't really need to be involved anymore or you're making me do this then of course your daughter's going to need support in managing that so I don't really have an answer. One thing I want to make sure is clear is it seems like she's carrying some guilt for leaving as if she didn't have, uh, as if she chose this. If what she's saying is absolutely true, she had no choice. The, The reason she was in this circumstance in the first place is because she had an abusive husband. Yeah. I didn't even question that. So, well, and she even says in the question, how can I parent, uh, co-parent in a healthy way with someone that is still punishing me for leaving him? Oh, yeah. Am I hurting my daughter by allowing a relationship with her dad that I don't feel secure about? Can I break from the prison that her father always finds a way to put me back in? Wow. Sounds like this guy is manipulative. Yeah. And it sounds like um, she did what she had to do for her own safety and for her daughter. Yeah. And for to carry any guilt is, I don't want to call it silly, but it's not deserved. My recommendation is I know what I can give as my recommendation. And again, um, I know that there can be financial constraints around this, but I think it's the most important thing. I think that you should find a therapist or a counselor or a coach who specializes in divorce and separation. And I think that you should um, work with that person to create um, an, an outcome that is good for all parties. And when I say good for all parties, it may be hurtful for someone or someone. It's not going to be perfect. Perfect, but I think this is too big. 
to answer without this sure. kind of information. Yeah, we're just trying to take her in different directions. And and so what I can do is empower you to know that seeking that kind of support and talking to someone once a week or bi-monthly is actually really good. Mm. I mean, not only to help you with your own questions about being manipulated and how overwhelmed you must feel, um, emotionally abusive relationships are toxic. And even when, like you said, you've you know, you've divorced and you left, but it still it still hangs in the air because you still have this connection with your daughter, and you need support with that, and you deserve support with that, and you've been strong and you've made all sorts of wonderful choices, and you're obviously still trying to do the right thing for your daughter. Now do something good for you, and get that support. In and if you already have a counselor, maybe find someone else who is really knowledgeable about the laws and the, yeah. you know, has some a lot of experience in this area, yeah. especially at being international. For sure. Because two different countries, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, pretty So messy. just know that you're not alone. Um, as I say this all the time, not, be, not to be cliche, but because it's true. Um, I've talked to other women who have had similar issues, even if they're in the same country or have a partner who lives somewhere else. And these are things that can be worked through. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, so hopefully that gives you some ideas on how to deal with, uh, that situation. Um, real quick, uh, our second partner is John J. Kelly dentist. He's also another sponsor at our conference and, uh, he is a smile designer. Don't forget. I know. Chicago, he smile Chicago dentist online.com, uh, Northwest side of Chicago. If you live in the Chicagoland area, give him a call. 773-631-6844. We have a iTunes review. Let's hear it. From Bob in Madison. Oh, I dad. assume that's Wisconsin. Okay. Better dad because of this podcast. This podcast has become a regular part of my work week, not only to center myself, but to be prepared to support and be present for my children each day. I am a more present and self-aware man, and no one in this world has benefited more than my children. Thank you, Todd and Kathy, for the great words you share each day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bob, for Madison. That's nice. Go Badgers. Um, and then our last partner is Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company, uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, avidco.net, 630-956-1800. And then, uh, oh, uh, don't forget to give us an iTunes review if you want to enter the drawing for a free registration to Zen Parenting Radio Conference. Oh, what? yes, please do that. And for those of you who haven't registered, get registered. It's a month away. Um, yes. And we just can't wait to see you. Things are just shaping up. Man, we're working hard. That's right. <laughs> my brain. A lot going on. I know my brain is like I'm leaking out my ears. Your lady so, brain? My lady brain. It's a lot of things to keep track of, but it's a joy simultaneously. So I can't wait to see you. All right. Keep trucking, everybody. Uh, John O'Sullivan this Friday. Tune in. Adios. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com, or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.